the sip occurrence. Quick shot, left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50, fly to the play. He's free. Bye-bye. Malachi Coy. Up to the races as they step before the break. 94 yards and a cloud of dust for Western Kentucky. State, a team that won 12 games a year ago, got the Mountain West Championship game. Season a conference opener, but it's Genty who slips a tackle, runs upfield, Ashton Genty, touchdown! We'll punt first down to 10, looking for that end zone, he's got Harvey, and that's a catch for a touchdown! Old Dominion breaks the ice with 7.05 to go here in the fourth, and Javon Harvey holds in touchdown number two on the year. The G5 Hive. All G5, all the time. Welcome to episode nine of the G5 Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey from week seven in G5 college football. I am your host, Justice, and I am joined by a very special guest tonight, Andrew P. Katz from the Bring the Red Shirt podcast. How's it going, Andrew? What's up, bro? Dude, that that, uh, intro video got me hyped. Uh, it's, it's been a long day for a Monday, um, and usually I'm winding down by now, uh, snuggling up with a book or something like that. Uh, but now I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Luke was a little under the weather today. He's kind of bummed that uh, he, he couldn't join all our our, our fans tonight. Um, hopefully, he'll be back next week. Um, so I asked Andrew to join. Um, I think it'll be a good time for for everybody. Um, and we'll just kind of get started. Um, so we're going to start off with the, what the swarm needs to know. That's our news and notes sections. And we're going to kind of start off with some injuries. Um, the first one was an early week game, and that's uh, Nate Noel, App State running back. He got injured early, very early in the game. I think actually his first carry um, in the game against Coastal Carolina. It's an ankle injury. It's not believed to be serious, but no word yet on like if he'll miss any time. Um, in his absence, it was kind of a hodgepodge, I think. I mean, three other running backs got carries. Kanye Roberts got the majority, but you had Roberts, Amani Marshall, and Miguel Haywood. Um, and, and they and they play Old Dominion this week. So it'll be interesting to see. I'll get an up-close-and-personal uh, uh, view of App State and, and, and that uh, infamous running game there. Do you play uh, CFB DFS? I don't. I don't. Um, so I'm not. I'm not good at it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I I finally kind of stepped it up and started playing a little more this week. Not with that, with not that much success. But this slit, this uh, I played a little bit of that slate with the apps with App State on it, whatever it was uh, Tuesday night, I think, and it called back to memories. I dude, I feel like every single slate that has had an App State game on it for the past couple of years, they're like a running backs got hurt or they're like they're they're locked. Uh, Lockley number one RB uh, just hasn't produced on a, a midweek slate. I feel like that guy's always letting people down. So even I I jammed in Noel like ninety percent of players. In hindsight, maybe I should have seen, seen it coming. Um, is Kanye Roberts the record-setting uh, high school guy who had like five thousand yards? Uh, I, I, I they've got like five guys, and I always confuse uh, kind of who is who. If it's him I mean, Kanye was kind of the hot name last year as a come as a freshman. He was a true freshman last season. Yeah. 
Um, and then Haywood came over as a transfer from Navy, I believe. Um, and Amani Marshall was kind of the, who everyone thought was the RB2 after last year. Um, and he hasn't gotten much run um, at all this year. And I think a lot of people are, you know, we're, we're concerned like, hey, where's Amani Marshall? Um, but, you know, the app running game always has an embarrassment of riches, I feel like. And, and uh, uh, I don't know, I, I always I always tend to stay away from them just because while it can be productive, like you said, if it's like some weeks just something happens because they, they just run them so much that, you know, I feel like they're, they're bound to get injured, right? So. Yeah, I didn't. Gra- I didn't draft any uh, Nate Noel this year, and was feeling pretty bad about it after he was uh, <laughs> like leading the nation in carries per game or something. But bummer yeah. for everyone who ha- who was uh, had him at, at this point, I guess. Because yes, who knows what that's going to be like from an injury perspective? I'm sure we won't get any news. It'll be week to week type deal. No, I will. Um, I'll be at the game Saturday. Hopefully, uh, I don't. I'm usually not in early enough to see pregame warmups. I'm still in yeah. parking lot tailgating. So, nice. Uh, but we'll see. If I, if I see anything, I'll try to try to tweet it out. Um, East Carolina running back, true freshman Javius Bond, got injured on the opening kickoff uh, against in the game against SMU, and he was seen on crutches in the sidelines. Again, I couldn't find what the injury was. But they said they didn't believe it to be serious. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate because I felt like Bond was just starting to get some run there. Um, he kind of has a different skill set than uh, the other than the other running backs. He's a speedster, kind of like a Keaton Mitchell type. Um, so kind of kind of bummed that I didn't get to see more of him in that game on um, it was it Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever it was when they played uh, SMU. I uh you you were in Jared's uh AAC uh, best ball, right? Yep, yep. I, I play in all of Jared's G5 yeah. balls. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And they're so good from researching because it actually forces me to go deep to like at a certain point and like start to learn about a lot of these teams more than just like the stuff that I know at a surface level. So I hit up uh, during that draft, I hit up uh, one of my uh, Twitter buddies going way back who's an ECU fan. Uh, and I was like, dude, I need some players from AC. And he gave me Chase Sewell. Um, and he was like, dude, oh, get nice. Guy. Yeah, yeah. And it, he, like that guy, I think he's going to stick around. And like, he, it seems like he is going to be peppered with targets uh, going forward. So I'm trying to grab him in some some deeper leagues uh, this this week and thinking that like it, the, the, a nice floor and ceiling mix could be in his future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I was planning on talking about him a little bit more later too. So that's, that's oh, nice. great. <laughs> um, so we got word this week. Actually, Luke got word that Boise State running back George Halani won't be back until late November. And um, I, for me personally, that's awesome news, right? Because Ashton Jinty is just like a bona fide stud. Um, he could be our player of the week every week. I think we've already named him twice at this point. And I told Luke, I was like, well, clearly, like he's a player of the week, but. We got to name somebody else this week. So, <laughs> so we didn't pick Jainty, but I mean, the dude's just a stud. So it's, and I own so many shares of him in Dynasty Leagues. I'm, I'm stoked to hear that uh, Holani is probably not back till, you know, towards the end of the season if, if, if he comes back at all this year. So that, that's great news for me. Um, you know, I kind of wonder if Holani is even going to come back to Boise State, period, right? You may, I just kind of wonder if he doesn't kind of see, hey, man, like, you know, I, I just don't 
I mean, I know the coaching staff loves them and they're loyal to them, but man, like, yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I just don't want to envision like another split between him and Jainty. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought he was going pro at the end of last year. It felt like the buzz leading up to the bowl game against North Texas was trending towards him opting out. And then he plays, does nothing. And then it's like, okay, fine. All right. You had your send off time to go pro and like signed a sign a UDFA contract or whatever, but then he came back. Um, I based on nothing other than really loving Gen T, I grabbed Gen T and lots of best balls and I'm enjoying that uh, this year. Um, he is so good, man. He, he is. Oh, yeah. God, he is so good. Totally ridiculous. I, I'm, I, would it be that surprising if Polani just kind of rode off into the sunset and we never heard from him again? I know he's got eligibility, but the guy's body's been got has to have been through hell at this point. Every single year, it feels like uh, he misses stretches of games with serious injuries. I mean, um, what if like, what if uh, what if a big P five comes calling, like say like I don't know, like a Michigan where they kind of use a committee approach. And maybe he can be part of that committee. I mean, I don't know. Like, to that me, that would sound enticing, right, for him? It would. That wouldn't be good for uh, our buddy Chris Kay, who's been uh, sneak, stealthily acquiring Halani Dynasty shares this week at, as trade deadlines approach. <laughs> so I think he's got his eyes set on uh, a little more of uh, a lottery ticket translating into, like, a, a nice uh, G5 uh, run-heavy system. Maybe yeah. get a quarterback over to Charlotte, bring Halani in. Um, and just hand, let him run 30 times for 110 yards every yeah, day. And he can't go to Charlotte and mess up with my Darrell Robinson share. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, do you have a note on him being out for the I year? Do, I do, okay. I do, I <laughs> do. Yeah, I have some Darrell Robinson as well. So we'll, we'll go ahead. I had it towards the end, but we'll go ahead and mention it now. Uh, Darrell Robinson running back Charlotte, true freshman, um, who a lot of people were very excited about, is expected to – well, is going to be out the rest of the season. Um, I couldn't find anything on exactly what the injury is. My guess is it's got to be like an ACL or a knee or something. Um, but anyway, you know, we'll have to wait till uh, next year till, you know, we get the Mr. Robinson show. All right. Uh, let's get back here. Um, EJ Warner did not play for Temple this past week. He was still in concussion protocol and uh, Temple didn't look like the same team which I think, you know, can be expected, right? Uh, they put in uh, Quincy Patterson, formerly of North Dakota State and Virginia Tech. He's much more of a, a running quarterback, not nearly the passer that Warner is. And, that, and you know, the Temple uh, skill position players, I think, kind of suffered, you know, suffered because of that. Um, but hopefully Warner will clear protocol and be back this week slinging around for Temple Owls. So I, I generally don't uh, bet, like – traditional like game capping type stuff because i know i'm not good at it uh but I, I saw that news come down and i was like i gotta like hit the under on this game it's like 69 <laughs> and a half points or whatever i'm like i've been burned when i try to think that i know what's going to happen in north texas game before like i think i i think i bet them when right they were playing rice last year and rice was on like qb5 and they still they still found a way to lose but I was like, I'll go back to the well. 69 and a half points. That's a ton. And the game starts and no one's stopping anyone. <laughs> there was like like 28 points in the first quarter. I'm like, that, that, that let's shred that. And then I'm following the game. And I, I get even more confident in myself as the, the game starts to slow down. I'm like, let me let me try my hand at live betting. Like I never I never do that. 
Um, and I hit the live under uh, at, a, at a point two, and that wins too. And I, that made me feel really good about myself. It made me feel like like an actual uh, sports better. Um, but yeah, I know that like, all right, I, I did my toe and not, can't get confident, Andrew. This isn't like your game. Yeah, I um I think like live betting a lot of times like you can get some real edges, right? I mean, it feels that way because um, they're, they're so impacted by the score, um, especially right. early in a game, right? I mean, I remember I want to say last year it was Tennessee against Pittsburgh, and I want to say Pittsburgh was up like fourteen to nothing, and like I got some crazy odds on Tennessee. And this is before Hooker was injured, right? It's early in the season, yeah. Um, and I, I put lots of money on Tennessee in the live, um, nice. and they went and they went and of course they won the game outright, so. Yeah, I feel, like, you would, I feel like you get some good edges there. You would think, and I like you just follow like the live odd screens and stuff. Like that shit is all automated, right? Um, it's moving too quickly. So there's no way, like I would assume that player level impacts like injuries that needs to be manually overridden. And a lot of, and like, I don't know what that process looks like, but that I think is like a primary edge to live betting, right? When you can capture Absolutely. something like, like the that. starting quarterback goes out right early. Right, in the game exactly. Absolutely. All right. If you watched us last week, we talked about Harrison Whaley and we told you to expect him to miss this week's game. Um, just based on the fact that they had a buy coming up and he did, he did not play this past week with a leg injury. Um, as I said earlier, they have a buy this week. So hopefully he can return in two weeks. Um, Originally, I heard that the the injury wasn't. Too, they didn't think it was too serious, but I haven't really seen any updates on it. Um, so, kind of stay tuned and see if we get anything out of Wyoming, um, because they they desperately need him. Um, they're not the same team without him. They don't have another. They don't have another running back of his uh, of his skill level on the roster. I have a question for you. Yes. Um, Who's passing offense being competent or based on a graphic that I know you want to talk to a little later on more than competent. Are you more surprised by this year, the improvement at Marshall or Wyoming? Uh, passing. Yeah. Um, I would say Marshall. Yeah. I, I expected nothing from Cam Fancher coming into year. I was like, I've seen this dude throw before it's a disaster. And now he's like, he's totally beyond usable. Like you can throw that guy in your starting line. If you're getting rushing and passing numbers, everything's great. I think um, if Wyoming started Savaboda, I think the passing game would be better. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't offer the the running upside or, or you know, elusive. He's not as elusive as, as Peasley. Um, I know uh, Wyoming, you know, folks are pretty excited about him. He's played a couple games um, with Peasley getting injured. So um, maybe, you know, next year they'll open up that passing game a little bit more. But I just think that's Wyoming's MO is – Run, 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 and play amazing defense. Yeah, it's been their mo for for years and years. Even oh, when they had Josh Allen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall tight end Tade Conley missed his second straight week due to an ankle injury. Um, he's one of the top uh, G five tight ends, so kind of stay tuned. Uh, Marshall takes on uh, James Masson this week. Uh, Texas State running back Ismail Mahdi played this week with a club or a cast over his wrist. Um, but it definitely seemed to impact him. He wasn't his normal self in terms of production and carries. He split time with Denario Davenport. Um, uh, Mahdi did have 50 rushing yards on 14 attempts and one catch for eight yards. They have a bye uh, this coming week, so hopefully in two weeks uh, maybe uh, the, the cast will be gone. It's healed enough, and uh, he'll be back to his normal, highly productive self. 
Utah State uh, quarterback McKay Hillstead sat out this week's game. He's still in concussion protocol, but he is expected to be cleared for this coming week's game. Um, Cooper Lagasse started in his stead. Um, looked okay. Um, and uh, I, But I'm excited for Hillstead to get back out there and Lagasse to be relegated back to the bench. I got Hill, I got Hillstead in a couple uh, a couple of uh, dynasty leagues and and I might need to start him this week. So, do you think they go back to him? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, um, I mean, I think I don't think Lagos was so great that they can't. Right. Um, I mean, I think you know he, he Lagos has, has has looked adequate in games, but then he'll have another. You know, the next two games he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think they, I think they definitely see Hillstead as their future. And so I don't see any reason they won't um, go back to him. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they will. This next piece of news is not really an injury news, but I saw this uh, when I was scanning for news and I just kind of found it, found it very interesting. Uh, UL Monroe wide receiver Tyrone Howe was escorted out of the stadium on Saturday after he reportedly threw a water bottle into the Texas State student section and uh, broke a student's nose or, or someone in the student section's nose. Um, you know, what I saw basically said that, you know, he was getting into it with the student section um, and I, you know, verbally, and then he took a water bottle, obviously it had to be a full water bottle. He broke somebody's nose, threw it in there and, uh, you know, apparently broke someone's nose and he got escorted out. So, um, I'd kind of, if, if you, if you got Tyrone Howe, I'd be kind of paying attention to see if there's any repercussions from that, whether he gets, you know, has to set out a quarter or a half or a full game, or, I mean, it could be possibly he has to do nothing. Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of, uh, making folks aware if they do have Tyrone Howe, um, cause he is the UL Monroe, I think passing offense, right. They don't really have anyone else. That's very much, that's viable from a receiver or tight end standpoint other than how I caught the, uh, the last few drives of that game and I turned it on. And of course it was like the, the uh, ESPN plus just like you could have uh, kind of done the production in your backyard uh, type of quality, but that's, uh, we love that about ESPN plus just the fact that I've access to all those games. Like they could charge me triple and I'd be okay with it. It's awesome that we at least have access to it. Um, but yeah, I turned it on, I guess, right after that occurred because the announcers just mentioned that, like, that Hal was ejected and not coming back in or whatever. It's like, okay, whatever, I guess that happens. Uh, but that 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 uh, atmosphere at that game was wild. Like, it, it felt um, just from what you could hear on the progress, broadcast that, like, the, the crowd was electric uh, in, in San Marcos. But I thought so. It, I, I tuned in because I wanted to see uh, my boy Joey Hobart show out, and he uh, caught a couple of touchdowns down stretch, which which was great. I haven't watched much Texas State up to this point, just from the standpoint of like their games are in the middle of the day, or just like not like I can't find them or whatever. So, but it was like I expected to be more impressed with TJ Finley than I was. So I hesitate to say he's regressing since I don't have the context of having watched him when his stats were amazing but like that dude looked super rattled in this game granted like he was able to make it work the last couple drives but like just throwing off his back foot like i was like all right this looks like auburn tj or lsu tj (laughs) finley again like 
I wouldn't be that surprised just based on this. Like, maybe it's finally Hornsby time in a couple of weeks. Like, drop a couple more games. Like, they should have lost this game. Uh, you follow um, the tailgate tent? Presume no, it wasn't him. It was Bud Elliott who tweeted out like that. Or one of them tweeted out that basically this was the 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 stat line of Texas State this past week was like unmatchable historically. Yeah, like, <laughs> you run like 105 plays. Turn the ball over only once and only score 21 points. Like that is feels very quarterback driven. And what I saw kind of confirmed that. Um, I want the dude, I, I just want to see Hornsby run this offense without my my Joey Hobart chairs uh suffering. Like, well, that's the problem, right? They're gonna suffer. I just, <laughs> I, I mean, click, I mean, to me, uh, you know, priests going back to preseason, you know, as soon as I saw them reach out and, and get Finley. I was like, this isn't good. Like, yeah, I like, felt wh- why are you doing this? And so like, from that point on, like I didn't have any Hornsby shares. Um, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go get any, um, um, when people ask me, I, I encouraged them to get Finley. I said, yeah. cause you're going to get him like free. Um, it just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how bad does Hornsby have to be that he can't beat out? Finley. I mean, obviously Hornsby's electric, like running the ball. Yeah. But if he can't, like my in my my in my opinion, with Finley being the one starting, to me that says that Hornsby can't even be like adequate passing the ball, right? Um, that's that's what it means to me, um, because if if he was at least adequate, like he'd have to be starting. So he's like, no, he can't even be average. He's below average. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I do have a few dynasty shares of PJ Hatter, the freshman quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, a lot would have to happen for him to get any run this year, but uh, maybe towards the end of the season, depending on how things shake out, maybe he'll, he'll get some. But uh, I mean, I don't even know. I think Finley. I don't even think Finley's even done after this year, right? Doesn't he have like maybe one more year? Yeah, he's got some years, I think. But... So. Yeah, it, it's it's like you said, it's 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 kind of sad because like I don't think, you know, neither Finley or Hornsby can live, have this offense live up to its full potential underneath under either one of them. Right. Um, Hornsby, from a fantasy standpoint, would be awesome. But the QBs, the, the right receivers are going to suffer. Right. So, right. Right. Um, and, you know, they got a dynamic running back and Madi. They got receivers. So I think I mean. To me, I think the I think Finley was the right call if, if he's the clear better passer, which I assume he has to be at this point. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, Air Force quarterback Zach Larrier suffered a knee injury by versus Wyoming. There's uh, no word on the seriousness seriousness of that energy injury. Um, Zach was intriguing to me in a lot of leagues because he had dual eligibility, mm. running back, quarterback. Otherwise, like I wouldn't even roster him. Um, and even like as a running back, you're, if you're, I mean, that's where I owned him. That's where I would start him at. But it wasn't like, I mean, people bitch because oh, you're starting three quarterbacks or whatever. But <laughs> like to me, it's not even really a cheat code because he's really essentially putting up similar numbers. Not even they weren't even putting up like extremely great numbers for a running back. He was just kind of putting up average running back numbers. Um, and that's kind of what to me was the attraction of him, um, where where you could get him. A Memphis running back, Blake Watson, he did play this week, but after the game, uh, the head coaches were asked about 
uh, why he didn't play that much. And they said he was limited due to um, some injuries and some ailments. And so he was kind of on a, a pitch count, if you will. Um, so that's something to kind of monitor going forward um, because, you know, the dude, the guy's been electric. He's been, in my opinion, their best player. Um, I, I was sad to see him leave Old Dominion, but uh, he's he's mm. clearly the the best uh, the best player on that Memphis team, um, and they're going to need him to uh, you know down the stretch as they continue. I, I have him in exactly one league, and it's in uh, a dynasty league where every year I have the same problem. Like I feel good about my roster, but the roster is like we have like 60 guys and we start like 15 and I never get, I will never, I, I can't get it right. It like, I'm not good at, ro- at roster management when it comes to figuring out how to start. And I have, you look at Blake Watson's game log. I've gotten him wrong every single week. Like I bench him, <laughs> goes off, start him. Yeah. I started him this week. That was rough. Yeah. That wasn't fun. All right, uh, Jackson State, Jacksonville State running back Malik Jackson suffered an injury against Liberty and is expected to be out for this week's game against Western Kentucky. Anwar Lewis got the work in Jackson's absence. So if you're hurting for running backs and Lewis is available, he is uh, he's someone you can go pick up and not have to worry about him uh, splitting time with Malik Jackson, who, again, is are, expected to be out this week. Are you uh, planning on noting the quarterback uh yeah, I, ha- I have or... I have that further down. Oh, okay. I'm just talking about the mess at quarterback in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah. Um, Louisiana Tech running back Tyree Shelton left the game versus Middle Tennessee with an injury and did not return. No word on that injury, uh, but Louisiana Tech is on a bye this week. Um, we already talked about Charlotte Darrell Robinson. Uh, Northern Illinois wide receiver, as we mentioned last week, Casper uh, Rudel- Rutkowicz. Uh, missed this week's game again. He suffered an injury in the previous week. Uh, Fresno State quarterback Mikey Keene set out this week, but reportedly was available as an emergency-only option. They are on a bye this coming week, so he should be on track to start in two weeks. Uh, news came out today that Colorado State running back Kobe Johnson is out for the rest of the season due to an injury, um, and the plan is for him to redshirt as I don't believe he played uh, more than four games. Um, Avery Murrow's been hurt, too. Uh, Van Shield was the one getting the work um, in the game uh, this past week. So, I mean, hopefully Murrow, Murrow comes back and uh, can kind of look like he did uh, towards the end of last year. Do you have, do you have anything on any other Colorado State players? Um, I don't. I, I have a stealthy one. Okay. Uh, I think I own him in every league I want him. All right. So JRS, uh, Justin Ross Simmons didn't yep. play a snap this week. I don't know if it's injury, like discipline, whatever. But did you see who stepped up at, for Colorado State? Dylan Goffney. Dude, yes, it's happening. Uh, it started to happen the week before. He got 10 targets, only caught, I think, two or three. Um, but seven, eight, I think it was 785-1 this week. Like, I think it's like it is happening from a dynasty perspective. It's happened like definitely right. Like with Horton out the door this year, like that is he's good to go. And you can imagine why it didn't work out to start the year, right? Like I, I assumed, okay, he comes in, Dylan Goffney comes in. It's going to be three wide receiver sets with him, JRS and Horton, but Goffney's not a slot guy, I guess. Um, but like I, and if it was me, I would just jam my best players on the field, but everybody works. Right, right. So that's why Lewis Brown starts. So then, 
the incumbents, JRS and Horton, start the year, and Goffney's kind of chilling on the bench. But now the season parted. Goffney enters the lineup. He's going to he's gonna kill it outside. And then when Horton's gone, like, that is a dude you need in Dynasty, I think. Maybe I don't have him everywhere. I think there might be one league I don't have him, but I have him in a, a lot of leagues. I'm feeling really good about it, uh, especially after this past week. I think for the remainder of the year, like, at minimum, we're, like, that dude is going to get – close to 10 targets a week. Right. And then like it from a dynasty keepers perspective, like he's, maybe he's not Tory Horton, but the number one receiver in that offense is awesome. Yeah. I've been, uh, I own lots of shares of JRS. So I was trying to find news today and I couldn't really find anything, yeah. of, you know, why he didn't, you know, really play. So stay tuned on that front. Um, also came out today, ball state tight end Brady hunt who had recent ankle surgery and wide receiver Ty Robinson, who had thumb surgery, will likely sit out the rest of the season and they will both seek a medical red shirt. Um, so, you know, if you have Tanner Koziol, you want to worry about him and Hunt uh, splitting time the rest of the season. And also Ball State freshman quarterback, Caden Samanza. He has hit that four-game uh, threshold and it looks like they're going to likely try to sit him the rest of the year to preserve a year of eligibility. Um, that's kind of what uh, they said today. They thought it'd be better for his development to do that. Um, they've kind of been a revolving door there at quarterback with Samanza and Hatcher and, and Kelly. So uh, maybe they felt like, hey, you know, he's not going to help us win any more games this year. Let's uh, let's just go with what we have and, and hope to get him ready to play next year. It's kind of the way I take it. Yeah, uh, I am surprised, annoyed, whatever word you want, that, like, generally speaking, with a situation like Hunt and Koziel, like, one drops, the other ascends. But we haven't really seen the bump. And I mean, you could blame right, the right. quarterback disaster at there, presumably. But even still, like, you would think you, you could throw it 10 times a game to your, your best uh, get weapon in the passing game. and. I don't know. It's just not, it doesn't seem like it's happening. It's, it's annoying. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, South Florida quarterback Byron Brown took a, a shot. The, uh, the player that hit him was ejected for targeting and he had to leave the game, but he was able to return later in the game. Um, so hopefully he should be good to go moving forward. I haven't had a chance to uh, box score scout or do anything on that game. Uh, I saw the disaster that was the the score of the game. Yeah. Who so you know, who who came in when he went out? Is it, was um, it Bohannon or someone else? No, it wasn't Bohannon. Oh my gosh, I had to look at the box score to tell you. I know, I know, it wasn't Bohannon. I know yeah. that. Um, let's see if I can bring the box score up here real quick. Yeah, because I know a lot of people were commenting like, oh, like Bohannon wasn't even the next one in. <laughs> um, it was uh, Bryce Archie. Oh, I'm familiar so, with the name. I, I, but I don't he know. came I, from Coastal Carolina and then Sean, At Sean Atkins threw the – Sean Atkins, the um, receiver, also threw a pass. But, uh, yeah, Bryce Archie was four of seven for 44 yards. Um, yeah, it's kind of like to me like – I don't know. Maybe like Bohannon's either just like not right. Yeah. Or, or he's trying to preserve a year of eligibility and be a grad transfer again. I, you know, I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, he hasn't yeah. played so he could play in one game and it wouldn't right. hurt. Um, but yeah, just kind of, kind of weird there. Um, 
I know South. I know I, I've seen lots of um, lots of uh, Twitter chat about when I was trying to find inj- stuff about Byron Brown, and and this past week, I saw several tweets um, from South Florida fans where they're just kind of they're unhappy with Byron Brown, right? Um, from a fantasy perspective, the dude's been pretty damn good. Um, you know, isn't that, I, I, isn't that all we care about? Yeah, I mean, like, well, from they from their perspective, they want wins, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, it's clear they're not going to go to Bohannon. So who else they have other than freshman uh, Israel Carter, who you know I was I'm, I was really high on going into the season, but you know, it's kind of predicate. You know, if Brown's going to be the man there, then there's not really much much room for Carter uh, to play anytime in the near future. So be interesting to see like if, if the coaching staff kind of gets uneasy with Brown. Um, but I think for the foreseeable future, Brown's Brown's the guy, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe at the end of the year, maybe they throw Carter in there or something, but. Uh, Did you so see Br- Luke, Luke citing anonymous sources in the chat? For, oh no. <laughs> oh, I don't have the comments on. Oh, there you go. So some some uh, some uh, news for uh, Justin Ross Simmons. Apparently, he has a hand injury. So uh, that's positive, right? At least for yeah. if you have shares, you're not worried about uh, him being surpassed, so to speak, by Gothney. But you know, we see it happen all the time where a guy goes down to injury, and another guy steps up. But even let's say let's say JRS um, is fine, right? That doesn't mean bad for Goffney because next year Horton's gone. And so Goffney just slots slots into that other outside receiver slot. So, yep. All right. Um, Let's see. UTEP quarterback Gavin Hardison missed this last week with an injury on his throwing arm. Cade McConnell, uh, sophomore, stepped up and threw for 262 yards and two touchdowns in the 27-14 win versus FIU. Um, I happened to watch this game. Um, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. It wasn't a pleasant game to watch. I didn't feel like from either side. Um, it just kind of looked like bad football all around. So um, I, I just bet, uh, under on Kate McConnell yards for this week at, I got 195. There was a better number, but it got bet down a second before I could get it. But it looked like what? How did this fourth string quarterback dude throw for two? He threw for like 170 in the first 10 minutes. Like, was it busted coverages? Is he actually legit? What's going on? Well, I mean, you know, I have it further down to talk about uh, uh, Kelly, Kelly right. Akarai. Um, yeah. And that's just like that, that, that's him, right? That, that's, you know, it's throw it. It's hit. It's, it's he, he runs, you know, a post pattern. And you throw it up deep to him, right? That's kind of yeah. like that's kind of like where their offense is right now. Um, and you know, supposedly Tyron Smith is sitting out the rest of the year yeah. to preserve a year of eligibility. And so I just feel like this is kind of like going to be a, their offense. It's going to be so boom or bust. Um, what is uh, this week's? What is the name of this week's rivalries? The battle on I ten. Or something like that. It's got yeah, some cool I think, name. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Hopefully, New Mexico State just doubles Kelly, and then I'll be all set. <laughs> He's such a boomer bus play. Um, speaking of this game, uh, I wanted to. Uh, w- the one thing that really did impress me. Let's see if I can get it up here. Oh. Those uniforms from Florida. <laughs> 
FIU. Those those uniforms were those were hot, man. I, I really liked them. Um, they had the field painted. Um, they, they call them their Miami Vice uniforms. I'm told they're kind of reminiscent of the Miami Heat, LeBron James era Miami Vice uniforms. Um, I'm not an NBA guy, so I couldn't tell you, but I know a lot of people uh, were talking about that. Um, but those uniforms, th- those were hot, man. I, I you know, it's yeah, kind of a, it's yeah. kind of a shame. Like as you can see, there aren't many people in the stands in FIU, <laughs> um, which is kind of the norm. I feel like, but um, man, those uniforms were. Those, those those were it for this week, man. Those might be some of the best uniforms I've seen in a long time, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, pretty hot, pretty good stuff. Um, some uh, more news prior to this week's game. Hawaii head coach Timmy Chang brought Dan Morrison, who's a run and shoot expert, in as an offensive consultant. He was also there for some of the fall camp. Morrison was a QB coach for June Jones at Hawaii and SMU and also uh, Nick Rolovich at Washington State. Um, they they looked a little bit better, especially in the second half of that game. So hopefully, I mean, I just think like it's going to take time. Um, but like the pieces are there, right? Um, yeah. You know, but but uh, I guess the, the only one, the only disappointment for me is like Tylen Hines. Like I had high hopes for him and like, yeah, he's kind of fell off the face of the earth. I'm assuming he has some kind of injury. He hasn't played the last several weeks, but he wasn't, but it just makes it easier because he wasn't productive before, right. before that anyway. So do you have uh, anything on that rando who caught, who had a hundred yards this week? Nick cynical, I guess. I never heard. Um, of him I mean, he, he's kind of like done that off and on. Um, yeah. I want to say like he did that another week. Um, okay. I just feel like, you know, like the only, in my opinion, the only like super reliable guy is Ashlock. Right. Um, and then if you had to pick a second guy, it's McBride. Yeah. Um, after that, it's kind of like, hey, you got Pinocchio, you got Nishigaya, you got Cynical. Uh, I feel like Pinocchio and uh, Nishigaya are more like possession type guys, um, where Cynical is more, more like a deep threat like uh, McBride. So, yeah. you know, he's going to be very up and down kind of guy. Yeah. Long past time for me to take my L on Pinocchio uh, for this year. I, I was all in and it's not paying off. Oh, well, I was, I mean, preseason, I was, I was, I guess the only guy I was really in on was Heinz and, and yeah. Shager. Um, and then as soon as that first death chart came out, like I was adding Ashlock everywhere <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got um, too. because he's an inside guy um, and inside guys yeah. kind of eating that offense. So yeah. um, congrats to Darren Granger on setting the school record for total touchdowns. That's passing and rushing with 60 total touchdowns this past week. Um, Darren Granger, like, he's just a guy, like, I feel like gets no respect. Um, but even in the college fantasy world, like, the dude just produces. Um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't normally get you the the 40-point games, but he's pretty consistently in that 25 to 30 range. Um, and I feel like he's always under – he's always been kind of under-ranked, under uh, – you know, folks kind of, like, dismiss him. But uh, he's, he's been, you know, super productive this year and in years past, and – I, I see no reason that well that won't continue for the rest of this season. Yeah, that offense is super fun. Um, so now I want to talk about East Carolina. Like I watched that game against SMU, and, and they're just a total mess. Um, <laughs> Chase Chase Soul is, is is the one bright spot, and we'll talk about him on the waiver ads. But that quarterback room, man, like Mason Garcia is not it. Um, Alex Flynn is not it. I am. 
I'm just waiting for them to play true freshman Raheem Jeter just to kind of see what he has. Um, maybe they're waiting for four games left to do that. So they preserve a year of eligibility, but I almost feel like in this day and age, like in the transfer portal, it's hard to do that, right? Like if you feel the guy's ready to play and can play, you almost got to put him out there because who knows how long you're going to have him to begin with. Because if he goes out there and shows out, like it's a good chance, like someone's going to come calling anyway. So, um, you know, why not uh, show him some love early and maybe that'll, you know, pay dividends and, and some wins, but their offense is not good. Not yep. with uh, Garcia or, or Alex Flynn. So if they're listening, play Raheem Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> um, want to talk a little bit about Liberty and that offense. Um, you know, Caden Salter was on fire the first couple of weeks. Um, and he's kind of slowed down from a, from a fantasy perspective. Um, but I think that's just a product of this offense. Like we mentioned, like we've mentioned before, when we've talked about Salter and this coastal Carolina offense, it's such an efficient offense. Right. And so there's going to, they're going to produce numbers. Uh, but if they're off just a little bit, like from a fantasy perspective, the numbers just might not be there just because of the, I think that's just the efficiency of the offense. Um, I'm probably still rolling out Salter just because, I mean, he hasn't been, like, terrible the last two weeks. And they've also played, in my opinion, two of the better defenses in CUSA um, with Sam Houston and Jacksonville State. Um, and so, you know, I'm continuing to roll Salter out there. But you know, I just I think people have to understand, like, that's just – I feel like it's just a product of the, of the efficiency of the offense and his fantasy production on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I uh long time Salter uh lover here. Uh I I was going to say if you did not, I was gonna comment about the the quality of the defenses they played the last two weeks. I've tuned in for both games. Uh I'm invested in uh Liberty to win CUSA, Liberty to go in undefeated, uh feeling reasonably good about both at this point. That they they haven't looked great in my opinion the last two weeks, like especially like things look sketchy against Jacksonville State this past week, and they, I I think they caught they, and they should have lost the Sam Houston game. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they so should have lost that game. And last week against Jacksonville State was not trending good until Jacksonville State lost both their QBs and their RB in like the span of like a couple drives, and then like all right, Liberty then can just kind of wear them down with these long uh, run heavy drives, um, but. There's going to be an opportunity to flip the switch. If you, I think you can craft an argument pretty easily that you cut the schedule in half, first half, second half. Salter might have a better back half of the season. Um, the defenses they play are garbage. Yeah. Uh, they've got Middle Tennessee coming up tomorrow. That game is going to be fun. Um, I think that Middle Tennessee will push them enough scoring where Salter could, could drop a nuke. And then we've got uh, my own personal Super Bowl the following week of uh, Liberty at WKU. Sets up, outside of it being a road game, I think it sets up really nicely for Liberty just with, you read what people write about WKU in terms of their weakness. And like it starts with their run defense, which doesn't seem good against Liberty, right? So I'm hopeful we get, we as in... uh, Liberty get a, a dub there and then it's all downhill, right? Four games against, um, who is it? Louisiana tech. And then some team, some other team from Virginia, 
Old Dominion. Old Dominion, Old Dominion. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, I will say this, though. I mean, like, Old Dominion's run defense is pretty stout. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, their run defense is pretty stout. <laughs> I mean, their defense in general, but the run defense is is pretty stout. Um if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna get old dominion, it's gonna be through the air, in my opinion. That's fair. And then close with UMass and UTEP. So it's all there for uh, for Salter and Liberty. And there's there's definitely gonna be some blow, blow up spots. I am I'm not sitting him anywhere. I own him. I, I, I have, I, I'm in a league where I have a really tough choice this week between Salter and Jalen Rayner. Um, oh, nice. That's fun. And. And I also I also have Donovan Smith, but I, I feel like he's kind of like I'll, yeah. I won't start him anymore the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, I just feel like uh, I gotta go with Salter, right? He just feels like a safer option. Rainer's yeah. probably the higher ceiling. Salter probably the better floor. But yeah, I we'll think see. that's fair. I, 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 I might I might I might go for the higher ceiling because I'm playing the I I am number two in the league and I'm playing number one. So <laughs> I feel like you yeah, know go for it, right? Yeah. Um, speaking about Jacksonville state, um, their quarterback situation, even before this week, I feel like it was a mess, right? They couldn't decide between Webb, Zion Webb and Logan Smothers. Um, as you said, they both got hurt this week. Ashton Fry came in. Um, so I don't really know what's going to happen this coming week. Um, the one thing I found inter- interesting is what is that Ashton Fry was the one to come in and not to Sean Smoot. Um, yeah. who was kind of like a, you know, a preseason and, and spring favorite. Um, did you so, know anything about Fry before this? I did not. I did not. I thought he looked surprisingly competent for a third stringer. Like the, but the problem. Yeah, he didn't is, look like, totally lost. Yeah, what'd you say? He didn't look totally lost. No, no. But I, I think the challenge there is like his skill set is not necessarily a Rich Rodden uh, offense skill set, right? Like he's he looks he looks pretty much zero in the QB run game, which kind of kills a lot of things that that offense wants to do. But like he. He looked like he was finding receivers. I thought, like, all right, as the game wears on, your third stringer is probably going to look worse um, as they kind of get a feel for what's going on. But it's he surprised me in a good way. I mean, he's definitely, I feel like of the three, he's probably the, the better passer of the three. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but like you said, uh, he doesn't offer as much um, through the running game, which is kind of what, <laughs> what Rich Rod wants to do. Yeah. Um, we kind of mentioned this earlier, uh, Kelly Akharari. Uh, wide receiver from UTEP. He just like I feel like this. I feel like this has happened already twice this year, where people like add him because he goes off, <laughs> and then they turn around and, and like and they're spending like I've seen like people spend like some in in leagues with uh, with uh, Fab have spent some serious pretty serious money, and they turn around because he doesn't do anything for three weeks and drop him, and then he but he goes off again because someone else spends some ser- pretty serious money on him again, and I, I just I don't know like. He's not someone. He's not someone I would ever roster unless I'm in a best ball league. Just because I just feel like this is how he was last year. That's how he is this year. I don't see that changing, right? Um, it's 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 can they hit a couple deep shots to him, and that's kind of you know that's when he's going to go off, and versus when he doesn't. Um, I I just can't endorse anyone adding him. Like I mean, if you're getting him for like free, that's one thing. But like you know, in my experience, what I've seen in my leagues, people pending spending some pretty serious cash twice this year to get him. And I just feel like you can't reasonably expect to start him um, just because you, you just don't know. You can't, I don't feel like you can predict with any kind of certainty when he's going to go off and when he's not. Totally fair. Um, Malik Sherrod. Finally, 
finally showed us what we all were expecting. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 on this show anyway, we, we, me and Luke both tried to caution folks every week, you know, about Gilliam, um, you know, and, you know, if you looked at the numbers, Gilliam like put up numbers, but if you really looked at him, like he wasn't like, he wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, his yards per carry, et cetera, weren't great. Um, and so, you know, Sherrod kind of showed showed us this week what we were all hoping for um, preseason. And so, I you know, I had I had him in a few leagues, uh, deeper leagues, and I'm I was uh, I felt uh, I felt vindicated somewhat for uh, for for holding on to him for so long. And he, and he finally he finally rewarded me with a with an amazing week. Fortunately, you know, one of my leagues where I do own was a best ball, and so hey, I needed oh. that I needed that this week. Um, and uh, you know, with some buys due to with my other running backs, and uh, so yeah, huge week helped me a ton. Uh, the Boise State Colorado State that was that was one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of the most exciting games I felt like over the weekend. Um, we kind of had three nights of crazy game finishes, right? And they were all the very last game of the night. You had the Houston West Virginia game, which I don't know if you saw that. That I mean, we're not really talk about P5, but man, that ending was crazy, right? <laughs> West Virginia gets uh, a touchdown with like a 12 seconds left. And then Houston gets the ball back, gets the ball to the 50, and then throws a Hail Mary to win the game. Um, Freaking crazy. And then you had um, the uh, Colorado Stanford game. Um, I caught the very end of that game. I watched the second half, and that was, man, that, that was a crazy game. Um, and then the Boise State, Colorado State, another crazy one where um, I don't know if you saw this game, Andrew, but the the opening opening of the second half, um, a, a Boise State player on the kickoff like leveled this guy, blindsided this guy from Colorado State, laid him out. Um, it was it was a scary it was a scary scene there for a few minutes. Um, you know they they obviously they they uh, come out in the field, get emergency personnel out there, and then like I saw them starting to cut the guy's jersey off. Right oh, wow. on the field, like, and then they kind of went cut away, and it was like commercial city from there on out. Yeah. Um, so you know, it kind of reminded me of the Demar Hamlin situation when I start saw them cut that jersey. I'm thinking, like, there's only one reason to be cutting this dude's jersey off. You're trying to perform CPR, right? Right. Um, I haven't seen an update on on the on on the guy, um, but I do know when they did finally get him off the field on the card, he did give a thumbs up. So I, I you know, hopefully. He um, he is okay, but that that kind of that woke Colorado State up, right? Um, from that point on, like they played with an entirely different level of energy. Um, the game certainly was very chippy from that point on. Um, the referees, I felt like, did a did a good job. Um, a Boise State guy got ejected, um, and certainly after they after they ejected that Boise State player, things kind of calmed down from a uh, a chippiness standpoint. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a super exciting game. It was another, you know, hail mary to win it. Um, Dallin Holker was there to kind of corral the the, the 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 when they when the the Boise State guys kind of tipped it or tried to tip it down. Holker was there. I mean, it was just kind of like classic. Like that's how you play a hail mary, right? You get everyone jump ball, and you have someone there waiting to catch that. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it, it was it was a pretty awesome game, and I think it was the first time Colorado State's beat Boise State like in a really, really long time. So, yeah, it, it was 
to me, one of the best games of the weekend. Um, the JMU game, uh, I watched some of that game. They just kind of dominated Georgia Southern. Um, That's kind of a revenge, I think, for JMU, trying to get payback on Georgia Southern for beating them last year, and they just – they just dominated that game from uh, from all in all facets. Um, super impressed by JMU. Um, they should be ranked, in my opinion. Um, I yeah, think they're they're twenty six, I think, in the polls. Um, but uh, hopefully, after this week, they play Marshall. They will um, they'll get ranked, assuming they beat Marshall. Um, do you speaking- read? Uh, do you read that site, uh, Howlraiser? I don't. I don't. I do follow no. a lot of the uh, JMU folks on, no, uh, so on this Twitter. Is, this is, I think, there. It's it is lar- not largely, but geared toward Arkansas State. But it like, okay. covers some, the guy writes about some Bell at large too. Yeah, and I just found it a couple weeks ago, and now I read everything because the guy, like, his grammar could be improved, and I'm a grammar snob. Um, <laughs> But outside of that, like spelling grammar, like outside of that, like eloquent writer, and I and um, what's most important, of course, I agree with a lot of things he says. Um, but so I've started consuming everything the dude writes, and he wrote a scathing article, basically like, "What the f are we doing here? Not ranking JMU? Like, this absolutely, is, like all so much of this like big media just garbage, trying to just continue to filter up uh, power and shit to P five, like it, which it's all totally gross." Um, but it's a good, um, a good example of that. Like just James Madison not being ranked right now is ridiculous. Um, well, I think it's also ridiculous, like, you know, that they can't be bowl eligible. Um, I don't, I don't understand the the mentality for that. Right. Because like, what are, what are you, who are you protecting? Right. They say, well, they need, they need time to be able to transition. Well, if they're they're good enough to be freaking bowl eligible, they should be freaking bowl eligible. Right. Like, I mean, I don't oh. understand. Like, I don't understand that, but I know it's, it's a role. ridiculous. It's a role, but, but from a uh, betting perspective, with relative to the Sun Belt, I think it, it's such an interesting component of trying to cap the Sun Belt conference futures. Like that. Like, I do not envy sports books having to figure out how to price those week after week. So, like George George Southern gets destroyed by James Madison, and their price improved this week. Like every like. I think on the West side, it, it might just come down to like, do you, did you have to play James Madison? Oh, you're probably not going to the conference championship because you have an extra loss relative to some other team that you're competing with in your division. Um, but yeah, like it's just like you can do whatever you want in that conference, right? In terms of week after week, but when James Madison comes calling, it's probably an L. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they, I mean, they're just, they're so good. And like, they're so good in like every aspect of the game, their defense is top notch. Um, you know, the offense, you know, the, uh, I think was it, uh, some, was it uh, Bainbridge? I think posted today, like, you know, Chris, you know, K calls himself the QB whisperer, <laughs> but, but maybe it really should be Kurt Signetti because he turned Todd Santeo into Jordan McLeod into like, fantasy yeah. studs right um Wild. who were like rejects everywhere else they played um yeah i mean yeah they 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 they're the best team in the state of virginia i feel like they've been that way the last 2 years maybe even longer um and then you know and uh i don't i don't see that slowing down anytime soon unfortunately for me um speaking about the sun belt georgia state uh 
looked pretty good beating Marshall. I think George State's another one who, like, much like Granger, right? They they haven't gotten a lot of ton of respect in terms of their ability to win the Sun Belt, but I, I feel like you know they they're right in there. I mean, you know, I think they're probably a more complete team than like a Georgia Southern, right? Um, they can run the ball, pass the ball. Their defense, I feel like, is a little bit better. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they uh, finish the year out. Yeah, their uh, their schedule from the outset looked impossible. I feel like a lot has changed in the Sun Belt from when the season started till now. But and I don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me. I know they randomly get LSU in like week twelve or something. Not that that impacts the uh, the Sun Belt race, but um, yeah, they're definitely like they're they're definitely a contender more so than I think. I, I certainly thought at the beginning yeah. of the season. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. There's like eight teams in there that can get it done. Yes, absolutely. Um, on to Maction. So, you know, I, I think Jared asked this question in our in our C2C Slack. Is Maction dead for another year? Um, you know, th- this past week, the, uh, the scoring was down quite a bit in the MAC. Um, my hope is that that was just the weather, right? Wasn't it like rainy and, and kind of uh, windy out in, in the Midwest? Um, so I'm, I'm, I have, I'm invested in a lot of Mac guys. And so I'm right. hoping that, uh, you know, that was just a product of the weather. Um, and you know, I, I want to see Jace Bauer or even Bert Emanuel get fired up or Jalen, Jalen Buckley. We got Gage Larverdane back this week. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to see what those guys can do, especially when we get to, uh, the Tuesday night action, which will be coming up here soon. Yeah, I, I'm a little skeptical about how Maction plays out this year, especially with like, okay, Ohio looks like a shell of themselves, like Rourke's not there. Yeah. But from a future perspective, we at least have teams like Western Michigan and Kent State that it seems like are trying to set themselves up for success offensively. They just don't have the pieces yet. Yep. Um, so potentially Maction is dormant for this year but like you can craft an argument for how things could be exciting but it it really does seem like we might be a year away from getting back to like the the brett gabbert jack Sorensen 51 49 shootout days absolutely Uh, yeah that's 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 what i'm looking forward to yeah that's where we want to be um old dominion is non-committal on their starting quarterback for this week um i don't know that in my opinion um, it shouldn't be much of a debate between Jack Shields and Grant Wilson. Um, there was even some talk that Jack Shields perhaps might move positions just to, you know, get on the field. Um, to me, like if they're, if they're having that kind of talk, that kind of tells you like, like what's really going on. Um, my, I, I'm not going to be shocked on Saturday if Colton Joseph is a starting quarterback. So I was just going to ask you, is that the freshman that, that's the there, was a, there was a write-up on at the beginning of the year that this guy yep. was inserted in, in the competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not I'm not gonna be shocked. Um they had two weeks. Um and it would totally be a Ricky Ronnie thing, right? Ricky Ronnie is so tight lipped. Um and so, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think both Wilson and Shields have had more than ample opportunity to prove themselves. Um if you're picking between them two, is to me it's no contest, it's gotta be Wilson. Um Shields just he just, he just, I don't know what he offers other than he doesn't hold the ball and sit in the pocket as long as Wilson. Um, that's kind of Wilson's big problem is he just 
Wilson takes so many sacks and he doesn't get throw he doesn't throw the ball away. He just holds on to the ball way too long. Um, but Wilson is definitely the better passer. I think you maybe could argue that Shields is a better runner, but you know, neither one of them are setting the world on fire. Um, so you know, maybe it's just my wishful thinking that hey, they use these two weeks to get Colton Joseph ready. Um, a lot of folks think, hey, you know, well, they're not going to play him to the last four games. Well, I mean, we're, you know, the, 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 they have a chance to get bow eligible. And you just can't, like, count on putting a, putting in there in the last four weeks and, and him doing something. I just feel like, again, like I said earlier, in this day and age, transfer portal, et cetera, you got to play these guys. If, if, if they're as good as what you've been saying, then I don't see how you don't play them when you see how the – other quarterbacks on the roster have performed. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Like I said, it'd be totally a Ricky Ronnie type thing to, you know, not say anything. And then Colton Joseph is a starting quarterback. Um, there were no G5 versus P5 games this week. As we already mentioned, um, top 25 for the G5. James Madison is, should be ranked and they are getting close. Um, they are up to uh, 25. Um, or I'm sorry, number 26 in both polls. So now we'll move on to our players of the week. Um, Luke's player of the week was Kyrie Robinson. He had 15 attempts for 126 yards, three touchdowns and two receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown. Um, a great game from Kyrie Robinson. I feel like he does this a couple times a year. Um, he's just not consistent, right, um, from a fantasy perspective. At least last year he was – no, he was at least getting your touchdowns every week. Um, this year, he's not not even as consistent with that. Um, but maybe this can be the can be what catapults him into uh, improving the rest of the year. Um, and then my pick for player of the week was Rashin Ali, uh, running back for Marshall. Nineteen carries, one hundred three yards, two touchdowns, four receptions for seventy one yards, and a touchdown as well there. Um, and he had an amazing. I don't know if you saw this game, Andrew. He had an amazing uh, a catch in this game. Like, you know, it's like like you watch the ball, and you're like, oh, that's going to be incomplete. And all of a sudden, like, he, he has the ball, and he's running for a touchdown. I'm like, <laughs> you're just like, how in the world did that happen? Um, <laughs> it, it was kind of crazy. Um, but, you know, he, he, he is such a talent. Um, I'm hoping that he sticks around for another year. Um, he does have additional eligibility. Um, break out the NIL. It, the, absolutely right I, I feel like some of these guys in the in the g5 that's what needs to happen right because yeah. i mean their their hope for the nfl not to say it can't happen but um the percentages just aren't, aren't oh, in their yeah, favor right? i mean yeah it's not i mean look at Dwayne mcbride right look what he did last Sincere. year um and mcbride got drafted and then he got cut right um so i just you know i don't know i just feel like a lot of these these G five guys are much better off, kind of taking um, oh the Hunter Dickinson from basketball route, right? Make that <laughs> money. You know, Hunter Dickinson's maybe he, maybe he'll play in the NBA, but he's he's never going to be a superstar, right? And so he goes to Kansas, gets millions of dollars of NIL money, um, and and and, and you know makes more money than he'd ever make in the NBA. So I feel like I'd love to see that some of the G five guys uh, do that as well, versus you know trying okay. to go to the NFL. Did you make the Dylan Goffney uh, slide for my player of the week? No, I didn't. Okay. It's there in spirit. I, I didn't, I did, I did not, I did not get that memo till we, uh, <laughs> till we started recording. Um, 
So now we're going to move on to what we call our 2020 guys. Uh, these are the top producers in G5. I'm not going to spend a ton of time. Um, we've talked about these guys uh, week in and week out. What I will mention is there is one new guy this week in the bucket, and that is Cam Fancher, who we, who uh, Andrew and I talked about earlier, about the, the how surprising um, he's playing this year. Um, he is 11th in attempts per game and 14th in yards. He's the only new guy to this list. The rest of the guys are pretty much the same um, in the same order as Davis Brand, A.J. Warner, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, Braden Shager, Austin Reed, Mikey Keene, Nicholas Vatiato, Jacob Zeno, Seth Hennigan, J.T. Daniels, Preston Stone, Grayson McCall, and Joey Aguilar. Um, you know, we, we I've talked about many times, you know, when we go over these lists, like, Jacob Zeno just continues to like surprise me, right? Like never saw that one coming in a million years. Yeah. Um, you know, the rest of these guys, I feel like, or, you know, maybe JT Daniels and, and Joey Aguilar are kind of in that same boat, but uh, the rest of these guys, I think, you know, they're, they're performing as we expected. Um, maybe not Fowler Nicolosi from the standpoint of, Hey, you didn't expect him to be the star. You would have thought that'd be Clay Millen. Right. Um, but if someone told you, Hey, Braden Fowler Nicolosi is going to be the starting Colorado, quarterback at Colorado State. Then I think you certainly would have expected him to meet these, you know, to kind of put these stats up because it's just more more a function of their offense. Um, and man, they've looked so much better with him than Clay Millen. Very sad for all my Clay Millen shares, but same. It is what it is, right? Yeah. All right, moving on to the running backs um, again. Same guys week in and week out. The 2020 guys, they're top 20 in total touches, top 20 in total yards per game. We do only have uh, one new guy this week, and that is Quentin Cooley over at Liberty. And he is uh, he's had a, a big week um, the last couple weeks. He ranks 17th in touches per game um, and 18th in yards at 101.2 yards. But the last two weeks, man, he's really ramped up, and I, I feel like that's – Mostly, I feel like due to injuries, right? They lost uh, Von Blue. Uh, Billy Lucas has been banged up. And so they're, they've kind of, I think, had to feed Cooley out of necessity. Um, we'll see if that trend continues this week. Um, they, I don't know. They really have, you know, outside of outside of Lucas, they haven't really shown, you know, many other running backs in their stable. Um, but, yeah, Cooley, uh, Cooley is definitely uh, someone to keep an eye on as we move forward. Uh, the top of the list, like I think, like Ashton JT, like he, I think, I mean, we haven't ran these numbers for all of college football, but I gotta guess that JT is number one, like in all of college football in touches and and yards. Yeah. Um, he's just incredible. We've talked about him uh, earlier in the show. Marcus Carroll continues to be a stud for Georgia State. Um, Kamani Vidal, Rashin Ali, uh, Nate Noel, Harrison Whaley. Um, Karan Lynch Adams, you know, um, been kind of a surprise on this list. Um, certainly didn't expect that coming into the season, as well as uh, uh, Jalen Buckley there at Western Michigan. Um, Harrison Whaley, Larry McCammon the uh, third, Blake Watson, Ontario Brown, um, kind of round out our uh, our twenty twenty guys there for running backs. Moving on to the wide receivers. Um, we have two uh, new guys this week. Uh, one of them is uh, Andrew Katz's favorite. Um, and that's Joey Hobart, Texas State. 
He ranks 13th in targets per game and 13th in yards, 8.9 targets for 87.4 yards per game. He's the uh, the clear leader at receiver for that Texas State offense. Um, and the other new guy is Ricky White uh, out of UNLV, ranking 14th in uh, targets, 20th in yards per game. Um, UNLV is, what, 5-1, and one, I think, now. Um, be interesting to see kind of how they do moving forward. But uh, – you know, I think uh, at one point we called this the no-go offense, but they they yeah. seem they seem to have a little bit more go-go in them here lately. And uh, White's certainly been the been been the beneficiary. Um, we'll see if that continues. I'm finally throwing uh, White in some lineups this week. You know, it's we're getting a three twenty-eight zero coming. In hot. <laughs> I have him in one league, and I haven't started him yet. Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't know that I'll start him this week, but we'll see. Um, uh, the top of this list is like, you know, we, we could have wrote most of this, I think before the season, LeJonte Wester, like just continues to be a stud week in and week out, even with the quarterback change there, uh, Torrey Horton, Malachi Corley, Caleb Hood, Terrell Vaughn, Sam Pinckney, Colin Lacey, Luke McCaffrey, and Eric McAllister kind of closing us out. Um, very quiet week for McAllister this past week. Uh, and I had been starting him in a lot of leagues because um, he'd been a really pretty consistent guy. Um, but, you know, kind of had a stinker of a week this week. Um, you know, Boise State's rotating rotating the quarterbacks, right? Um, which I think is kind of like, I don't know, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, no, uh, that the staff, that staff needs to go. But it's they're they're killing the brand like the. I don't know what needs to happen in terms of like who you need to bring in, but this just isn't working. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I posted the question in our, in our campus to Canton uh, company Slack earlier this week. Like I said, uh, you know, like it's clear to me, like Boise state isn't good outside of Jainty. Um, Jainty hides a lot of their issues and you almost wonder like, does the administration feel the same way? Um, and will they do anything with the staff? Um, I, I don't think Avalos is the guy. Um, but you know, not knowing their financial situation, can they afford to let them go and get someone else? I, I don't know. Um, will they give them another year? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel, I, I, I feel like it's kind of a, a certainty at this point that Taylor Green's going to enter the portal and go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then, and then he's going to freaking go bonkers next year somewhere else. And you're going to be like, you know, we had some, that guy, like, uh, why couldn't we figure out how to use them? Sorry, to, I should have cut you off. No, you're good. Um, by somewhere else, do we mean a school that doesn't want him to just be a drop back passer and just? Yep. Like, yep. I don't know. That I, that stubborn that stubbornness is like one of my biggest pet pet peeves with I think college football when a coach just tries to enforce his system agnostic of what he's got from a talent perspective. You see it happen so often, man. Yeah. Um And. and like you know, you know, I feel like is one of the best at uh, being able to do that is Lane Kiffin. He's able to mold his teams around what what you know the talent of those teams. Um, and I, I just wish more coaches would be able to do that. A lot of them, like you said, they just try to yeah. keep putting that, uh, trying to pound that that uh, that square that square through that round hole. You know, yeah, and <laughs> it just doesn't work. All right, moving on to our tight ends. Um, Dallin Holker, he's the man, you know. I mean, 
look look at all the injuries to um, tight ends this year, um, and, and where folks were drafted. And you know, Dallin Holker wasn't drafted high, not super high, um, and you know he's kind of the last man standing. I feel like um, you know with the Bowers injury, um, you know, Gadsden got injured early on. Uh, Jatavion Sanders and Jalen Conyers have been you know injured. You know, and uh, we talked about the two guys at Ball State. Um, who else am I missing? That was a top tight end, but but Holker's Holker's still still standing strong. Um, if if we included him in our 2020 bucket for G5 wide receivers, he would be in that. He'd be in both categories. Um, which to me, as a tight end, that's super impressive, right? Um, I, I actually acquired him in a dynasty league. This week for a, from a non-contender, um, it's it's a pretty big league. It's a 24 team league. We start three quarterbacks. I ended up giving up Garrett Nussmeyer, and I believe a fifth round draft pick for for Holker. Oh, is this the Nate league? No, this is the original league. Oh, excuse that me, Nate, for being presumptive. That, that Nate um, copied from. Ah. But yeah, but yes, I mean. Yeah, I mean it, it. It is it is exactly the same as Nate's league. Um, yeah, but this league's been going on. We're in year three of this league. Nice. Um, and so yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm currently actually I played Nate this week in the league and I, and I beat yeah. him. So I, I was super stoked. Nate, the last two years, the championship game in the league has been Nate versus uh, Josh. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hoping to be able to change that this year. Good luck, bro. Um, I'm 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 tops and points scored by like 400 points. Oh, um, nice. but you know it, it's best ball, and like I've lost two games. Um, and yeah. so you just never know what's going to happen. Like I've been I've been super fortunate. My quarterbacks, I don't have like the the studs. Like I'm not I don't have the 40 point guys, but I got like six to seven, you know, 25 to 30 point guys. Um, yeah. You know, I, I got stud running backs um, and my receivers are, are, you know, I got, I got like two or three studs and then I got some usable guys. Um, tight end was a weak spot for me. Um, but I got, now I got Holker. Um, I have Holker, Jaheim Bell, Justin Jolly. Um, I had the, uh, the kid from Purdue, but he got hurt out for the yeah. year. So I need, I needed another receiver. So I went out and got, I mean, another tight end went out and got Holker. Hopefully he can uh, help me bring home that championship. Um, yeah. I'm in the the new startup uh, year one of that format. It's great, yeah. great. dude. The the best ball format's great. Like, not just from a time management perspective, but from a roster construction perspective. Like, there's so many roster spots. Like, I I, I love the the strat the the, the strategy uh, angles of it, and I, it it also helps that I'm doing pretty well. I think I'm gonna get into the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens. But yep. Um, that's all, and that's all you got to do, right? Get into the yeah. playoffs, like college. There's so much yeah. luck involved in college. I, and, I, I see some football in general. Yeah, I, I see some guys on this list I actually have in that league. I, I, I drafted RJ Maryland in like round two of that that league. I was like, tight. Did we start two, two tight ends? There's 24 teams. Like, I need that guy on my team. Um, I have JJJ McAfee, dude. I picked up this that dude from Rice on your list here, Bowden Green. He get he's he gets like enough targets every week where it's like, all right, I can. I can roster you and like that, that you're not hurting my team. You're helping me. It's a nice, uh, nice safe floor option. Absolutely. Um, I, as a data nerd though. So I'm, I've been 
scrutinizing your tables that you have here. What are you sorting by in this table? This particular one is there is no rhyme or reason. The other okay. ones, there, the other ones, there is. I, um, I noted that. Yeah, but this one, um, this one, this one's kind of more. Off, I mean, in general, it's targets. Um, yeah. But you see, I have Holden Willis at the bottom, and the yeah. reason why Holden Willis is at the bottom is because um, where we're pulling this data from, they they consider Holden Willis a wide receiver, okay. not a tight end, and so we have to kind of manually go in and add him. Um, and in a lot of leagues, I don't know if Nate's league is this way, but the 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 league that Nate's league is modeled after, Holden Willis is a receiver; he's not a tight end. Yeah, Nate's um, got the same thing going on. Primary uh, position like, only. Yeah, I was thinking about like asking for a position override at some point, but like Nate's got more important things going on. Like he doesn't need me complaining to him about. Yeah. I mean, your, your, bet, your best bet is, and it won't happen in season is to talk to fan tracks. Um, because in, in the other league, um, I, I drafted Nick Nash with my very yeah. last pick and he was a quarterback. And so I had back-to-back picks. So I had six hours on the clock and I told folks, I said, look, I'm going to take my time because I'm waiting for an answer. So I emailed fan tracks and said, hey, you know, you got this guy listed at quarterback. Like, he's clearly not a quarterback anymore. He's a receiver. Like, his primary position needs to be wide receiver. Um, so my first three hours comes and goes. I, I, I drafted a player, like, with, like, two or three minutes left on the clock. Um, and then I sat there and waited. And then, like, shortly after I got on my second clock, I got, I got an answer. And they said, we agree. He's a wide receiver now. <laughs> and so I drafted Nick Nash. And, you know. Nice. He's been, he's been, you know, he hasn't been stellar, but he's been in that format and a, a league that deep, yeah. he's been, he's been useful. So, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, fan tracks, uh, doesn't, doesn't make position changes in season. Um, but sometimes you can have some luck before the season starts getting them to agree to do that. Now, moving on to our waivers. Uh, these are the top, uh, G5 waiver quarterbacks. They're rostered in 30% or less of leagues. And you can see here several of our 2020 guys are on this list. Um, EJ Warner, Nicholas Fatiato, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, uh, Joey Aguilar, JT Daniels, Cam Fancher. Um, and then we have some other guys um, who have, have performed admirably, notably uh, Jordan McLeod. Um, now, you know, a player like Jordan McLeod is not necessarily going to show up in our list because our list is generally like is passing volume. Right. Um, but McLeod's, you know, dual threat, the same with uh, Diego Pavia, uh, Zeon, Chris, um, they're all those dual threat guys and they're much more valuable in those leagues where you're only getting four points passing touchdown. Um, so, you know, I'm shocked that some of these guys are still available on waivers. Um, McLeod's only 12% owned. Uh, you know, EJ Warner, 29%, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, 25%. Um, so if you're looking for quarterbacks, um, in these league, in some of these leagues, you know, these, these are some of the guys I would be targeting. Going to our running backs, um, as with any league, uh, you know, in any format, running backs are just kind of hard to find. Um, and so we, we try to dig a little deep. Uh, to get some of these running backs that are 30% uh, owned or less. Um, Anthony Watkins uh, coming back um, off, off the bye week. He's been heating up lately. He's only rostered in 3% of leagues. Quentin Cooley, one of our 2020 guys, um, only owned in 9% of leagues. And then we got uh, Kalen Black. You know, um, Kalen Black, you know, he hasn't been, other than this past week, he balled out. 
But before that, I'd say he's just a consistent guy, right? Getting you that 10 to 15 points. But I got to tell you, like, I expected big things from Mr. Black next year. Um, Lawton's gone. Um, I just feel like he's going to be the man. They won't, maybe they won't share the, um, the, the running back carries as much as they do currently. Um, Black, he, he's electric. And uh, I, I can't wait to see him get a full walk full workload and hopefully that'll start uh next season um one guy i did want to mention um if you look at his straight numbers like season numbers you're gonna be like well why the hell is he on this list and that's jalen thomas from kent state um he has really come on the uh the last two weeks um with uh the last two games he's had 24 and 23 attempts 67 yards and 94 yards respectively taking over from gavin garcia um He's 0% owned. If you're hurting for running back this week, definitely look at uh, Jalen Thomas there at Kent State. Um, is Mackay, that the dude who was at Colorado State? A that is. That is. Really? Yes, it he's is. The, he's a big boy, right? He's like, yes. yeah, it's interesting. Because I I was happy to get some Gavin Garcia figuring I had a good thing uh, for now and going forward, but he's been usurped. And, yeah, I, and you know what also? Like, I was – I'm a longtime Xavier Williams fan, but I guess it's just never going to happen at this point. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But interesting. I can't believe Jalen Thomas. Like, that's that dude. He's back. It is. Alive it is. Like, like I, I, I looked I looked that up this week. I was like, is this Jay? Because, like, I remember I remember when he went to Colorado State and, like, I thought he, you know, he was someone I was kind of high on there. That was under uh, Adazio, right? Yeah. And so he was someone I kind of looked at uh, there because Adazio ran the ball so much. And then this week, I was like, That's, is that the same kid from those Colorado State? <laughs> and it was. So, yeah. Um, another guy that's kind of been heating up uh, lately is Makai Hughes out of Tulane. Um, only 14% rostered. He looks like he's kind of taken over that backfield. Um, I'm very disappointed from my uh, shady Clayton Johnson shares. <laughs> but, hey, that's yeah. the way it goes sometimes. Hughes is a stud for sure. Um, on to the wide receivers. Um, we don't have any of our 2020 guys on this list, uh, but these guys are all serviceable um, in, in some of your deeper leagues. Um, some of the ones that kind of stand out to me the most, I'd say are Rock Taylor at Memphis. Um, it, it, to me, it's absolute crime that he's only uh, 10% owned. Um, he has been you know, rock solid the last four weeks or so. Um, Amari Thomas at UAB. You know, Jacob Zeno is throwing the ball around. Amari Thomas um, has kind of been – if there is one guy, he's kind of been the guy for them. Uh, Noah Smith, Sam Houston, has come on strong these last two weeks. Um, in addition to Noah Smith, Malik Phillips at Sam Houston as well, um, getting a lot of targets. Sam Houston's playing from behind. It's a good game script for these guys to get, get, some, uh, get some yards. And then uh, the last guy I want to mention – we've talked about earlier is chase soil out of uh east carolina um he, he just he looks like the man for that east carolina offense uh the last two games 10 and 12 targets 88 yards 120 yards 17.8 points or 19 points a game um if he is available in your leagues um you need to go snatch this man up um unfortunately i got outbid on him and in, in, in uh in that 2014 dynasty you know, I spent my I spent my money early. I spent my money on um, Jalen Buckley and then Bray and then um, McKay Hillstead. So I don't have much money left. Um, and uh, 
So someone someone spent two hundred on Soul. So yeah, wasn't able to get them. <laughs> so that's kind of do it for our uh, for our waivers this week. Just kind of wrapping things up here. Um, G five versus P five this week. Uh, really, the only game is Army versus number nineteen LSU. I don't have much hope there that there will be an upset in that game. Um, but there are some games that I'm looking forward to this week. Um, the first is uh, tomorrow night, uh, Conference USA Showdown, Western Kentucky versus Jacksonville State. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Jacksonville State defense does against Western Kentucky. Um, this Western Kentucky offense has not has not been the offense we've come to know the last two seasons. Um, it reminds me much more of a um, Mike Leach type offense, right? Shorter passing game, um, not as explosive, which I don't know. Is it is it useful? Is it fun? Yeah. But man, I I I, I wish we could get back to uh you know the last two seasons with that explosive passing game, but doesn't look like that's gonna happen, sadly. Um and Jacksonville State, like I said, they they're one of the better defenses in conference USA. Um see who who starts at quarterback for them on a short week. Um I don't. I don't think Jacksonville State can pull this off, but uh, crazier things can happen on a short week, right? Yeah, if they had Smothers or Webb, I'd be quietly confident. I think that they could make this really interesting, but it sounds like Jackson, Malik Jackson, Smothers, and Webb aren't all not going to suit up. So that really makes it tough for them. We also have a MAC showdown this week. Both of these teams are three and zero in conference, um, and that's Toledo against Miami, Ohio, four p.m. on Saturday. Miami got Gage uh, Larvardane back this week, um, so hopefully it's wheels up for him. Um, and, and Toledo has looked like their solid, normal selves, right? Um, Finn's kind of been up and down. Penny Boone's looked good the last few weeks. Um, yeah, looking forward to that game. Just kind of see who takes control of the MAC. Um, Sunbelt showdown Thursday night, JMU against Marshall. I fully expect JMU to win this game. It is at Marshall. Um, but Marshall, you know, Marshall plays every team tough. Um, I was kind of shocked that they didn't look so good against Georgia State, but uh, we're, we're Albany, yeah, that's true. That um, what a wild start to the season! Like, I, when they were down at halftime or whatever in their first game against Albany, I was like, all right, all my assumptions about Cam Fancher and this offense are confirmed. I, my Rasheen Ali uh, teams are, can be lit on fire. I, we're now in a very different place than that. Yeah. Um, that JMU defensive line is so good, man. So I, I am, yeah. I am, I mean, fortunately for me, the spots I have Rasheen Ali are best ball. So I don't have to make a decision. Um, but man, that, that JMU line is pretty legit. Um, right, and so it'll be interesting to see how Marshall performs. You know, Marshall is just one of those teams, right? Like they can beat the best teams, and they can lose to the worst teams. I feel like um, <laughs> I agree. Very, very Jekyll and Hyde. You know what? Last year they beat Notre Dame. Um, this year, you know that they beat Virginia Tech pretty handily. Uh, and then you know, but then last week lost to uh, Georgia State. And like you said, didn't look great against Albany. It just, yeah, very, very up and down team. So it'll be interesting to see which version of Marshall shows up this week uh, in that Sunbelt showdown. 
That's really kind of all I had this week. Anything that uh, you wanted? Any games you looking forward to this week from a G five um, perspective? A lot of what I'm doing from like a games looking forward perspective is I'm just kind of tracking my conference futures and like those are the teams that I vibe with and follow most closely. Like on a on a Saturday especially, like I'm not watching games during the day, and then at night it's like, all right, let me catch up on everything, and I only have like I can only put one game on at a time, so I usually just try and like find the teams that. I'm kind of following throughout the season and if they're on like, so Georgia Southern's always going to be the team that I'm looking for. I think they play it too against Ulysses against Monroe. That should be a nice bounce back for, uh, for uh, the Eagles um, in the Mac. I, I'm, I have Ohio futures, which are now looking not quite as good. I would love to see them score some points this week. I forget who they're playing, uh, but memory uh, my memory is that it should be they, they should be able to roll whoever it is. Um, but I would have said the same thing about Northern Illinois this past week. Right. Um, I just uh, bought into uh, Fresno Futures uh, and to to win the Mountain West at plus five fifty today. Like that felt good. Like I feel like they're going to be in the conference championship game, uh, but they're on a bye this week. I am I'm, I am inter- I believe UNLV gets Colorado State this week like that. Am I making that up? Mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna look it up while you're yeah, talking. Yeah, I was looking at the schedule this week, and a lot of like the top teams in the Mountain West are off uh, this week. But I think that's like kind of one of the more interesting games in that conference. Let's see. Yep, UNLB, Colorado State, seven p.m. Yeah, that game could go. That could, that could shoot out. That could be a lot of fun. That's a nice uh, night game. Like I, I am annoyed to no end at how like so many other areas of the sport from um, it seems like on Saturdays, DFS providers have really scaled back in terms of how much G5 they incorporate, especially on like main, the main slate, like DraftKings did include a couple of G5 games this week um, on the main slate, which is nice. But that's the first time I've seen G5 in a main slate. I feel like this entire year, but um, it would be nice to have that UNLV Colorado State game on the night slate, and then I could throw Goffney in some lineups and have some fun. Um, and then let's see. So we covered the Sun Belt, the MAC, AAC. I mean, I I've long time been a kind of a fan of the Ponies. Uh, so if they're on a like, it's not it's just, it's just not that fun this year. Like it feels like things are well, super inefficient. They're not working. Well, I also feel like it's their defense is better than normal. Right. Okay. And so I feel like um, they, they don't, you know, they're not having to sling it around as much to win. Yeah. But that's what we want. That's what I want. I want right. to see. Absolutely. That's what yeah. we want. But they've got so much talent, too. It just feels like things aren't working as well as they could. Um, but the, like the sum of the parts isn't equal to the whole or whatever that, that phrase is. And then yeah. what am I forgetting? You think that coming on a G five show, I wouldn't forget an entire conference. Um, um, Mountain West, Max, CUSA, USA, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll be tuned. Um, I'll be tuned into Liberty last night or tomorrow night. Excited that hopefully it's like it's a little less stressful for most of the game than the, for the last two weeks of Liberty football have been. Like hopefully we can just get out, race to fifty points. Salter shows out. Um, Mill Tennessee scores a few touchdowns too, so that we have like a nice, uh, real shootout environment. But Liberty hopefully is never in uh, in jeopardy. So that's kind of where my head's at uh, across the, the five conferences. 
I mean, yeah, I feel like that game definitely has some uh, shootout potential. Middle Tennessee State offense is good. Um, I don't think either either team's defense is great. Um, but Liberty kind of controls the ball a little bit more, controls yeah. the, the time of possession. So, um, but yeah, I think that game definitely has some shootout potential. I am glad that there are games like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, I've been kind of spoiled the last three weeks because um, Old Dominion was on a bye this week, and in the previous two weeks they had away games. So I got to sit around and watch so much college football. That's um, awesome. And so I've been kind of spoiled. Um, unfortunately, this week Old Dominion has a home game. I don't know. Unfortunately, it's the right word, but like I just feel like whenever Old Dominion has a home game, I'm just kind of like out of it for that whole week. Um, because I yeah. miss every, I miss everything, you know. The, yeah. the tailgate starts five hours before the game starts, and by the time <laughs> I get, you know, just like this week, and like it's not too bad if it's an early game, right? If it's like a noon game, then, then I get to go home and watch some games. But like for instance, this week's game doesn't start till seven. Tailgate starts at two, means I gotta leave at <laughs> one o'clock to get there. Um, the game probably don't end till like ten ten thirty. By the time I get home, like I'm maybe right. catching like the second half of some games, you know. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know. It's kind of like from a, from my, I mean, I, I, from an old Dominion fan, I love it when they have a home game. But from my, I feel like my college fantasy football, like my knowledge and my ability to um, help my rosters um, suffers on those weeks, right? Just because I'm oh, not right. able to kind of, number one, I'm not able to watch games. And number two, like when there's last minute outs, like I'm not like, checking my phone and so i i can't um i can't make uh lineup adjustments and so yeah but yeah you know hopefully the game is on nfl network um at 7 p.m so i'm very i'm hopeful that there'll be a lot of fans in the stand cool. but i gotta say like based on like the last couple odu home games i'm not like i'm not expecting it um we had a pretty pitiful showing against wake forest um and we play we should have beat Wake Forest. Um, yeah. You know, and then um, and then they come out the next week against the week. The, the game against Jacksonville State was a weather thing. I'm not Jacksonville State. I'm sorry. Uh, Texas A&M Commerce, um, <laughs> where it was just abysmal. Like it was a bad game. The weather sucked um, all the above. But, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, a game against App State, uh, another, you know, very good team in the Sun Belt. And the fact that it's, you know, on national TV that, hey, you know, our fans can kind of kind of show what you saw at Texas State last week, what we saw the week before or um, last week. I'm sorry, with, at, at the App State Car Coastal Carolina game. I just feel like so many of the Sunbelt teams have great fan bases, have great atmospheres. Um, ODU used to be there back at, back in our days of the FCS when we were a pretty dominant and winning team. But the last few years. uh haven't been so kind in terms of wins and our, our uh, it's kind of shown in terms of the atmosphere and the number of fans that attend, but you know, hopefully we can get there. Um, the new offense, I feel like uh, is a step in the right direction, but they certainly don't have the, all the pieces necessary yeah. for it to perform the way that it should. So hopefully, hopefully we just see more uh, positive trending in that, in that direction. So, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, joining, um, Andrew. Um, hopefully we can have you again. Luke Luke says uh, thank yeah. you as well. Um, 
but uh, you know, hopefully we can have you again at some point uh, this season. And dude, uh, absolutely, yeah, this was this was great. I, I, you know, I'm all about that G5 life. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if you're interested in hearing more of Andrew, check him out. Bring the Red Shirt Podcast, him and uh, and Chris K on there. Um, yeah, we've got. I think I think we've got three uh, episodes left for the season. Um, we're we're trying to keep the red shirt intact, uh, and we had one uh, a couple weeks ago. But we'll we'll pick our spots. You know, we're more where our niche niche really is the off season where we we thrive coming up with uh, kind of interesting content and just uh, doing our thing. But in season, it's tough. Time is at a premium. And yeah, it's a lot of work. Kind of it's a lot of work. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I will say like your, your podcast is one of the ones I enjoy and I, and I listen to pretty religiously just because it's different. Um, you know, it's, it's not so much, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It, It's more like, you know, two guys just talking college football and not so much about, you know, Hey, you know, let's talk about this player and why you should pick him up. And these are his stats. You know, I feel like there's so much of that already content available um, that I enjoy that, you know, you guys are kind of an alternative to that, in my opinion. Um, and just, you know, I don't know, it's just fun. You know, it's oh, fun, good stuff. So I, I really enjoy it. So nice if, of you to say. If, if, if you're not a subscriber, absolutely subscribe to Bring the Red Shirt. And speaking of subscribing, um, you know, please rate, review, and subscribe to G5 Hive. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, YouTube. Um, you know, subscribe, like, comment on YouTube. Um, you can find us on uh, X slash Twitter at G5 Hive. You can find me at Justice underscore 2318. You can find Luke at Probasco Luke. And you can find Andrew at Andrew P. Katz. And uh, with that, uh, hopefully uh, we should have um, uh, Luke back next week. And uh, peace out. Peace out.